Accidents have always been a part of the human experience, yet one might argue that quite a number of them are avoidable, and the subject of today's video is probably no exception, but we'll let you decide that. Today we'll be looking at the Tenerife Airport disaster, which claimed the lives of 583 passengers and crew from two Boeing 747s that collided on a runway. So how did this actually happen? Welcome back to Air Scare Stories. Today we'll be looking at the worst airline accident in the history of aviation. It was business as usual on March 27, 1977, at the Grand Canaria Airport in the Canary Islands, with planes regularly flying in and out. Many passengers were getting ready to board their planes while others were just arriving. It was going to be just another typical day at an airport until the Canary Islands independence movement struck. This was an organization of people who were not above resorting to terrorism to try to gain independence of the Canary Islands from Spain. All of a sudden, in a small florist shop inside the terminal, a bomb exploded, injuring eight people and causing a sudden panic at the airport. Soon after, authorities received word that the movement was claiming that a second bomb would soon explode at the airport, and so they had no option but to close the airport down. All incoming flights would have to be diverted to the nearby, but much smaller, Los Rodeos Airport on the island of Tenerife. Among the diverted flights were KLM Flight 4805 and Pan Am Flight 1736. KLM Royal Dutch Airlines is the national carrier for the Netherlands, and Flight 4805 was a Boeing 747 carrying 234 passengers with 14 crew members. The American Pan Am Flight 1736 was being flown by the very first 747 ever to roll off the Boeing assembly line, and it was carrying 380 passengers and 16 crew members. So these two airplanes were carrying a combined total of 644 people, and they were the two largest planes that had been diverted to Tenerife that day. Los Rodeos Airport consists of one single runway, which is connected by several small taxiways to one major one, which runs parallel to the runway. With hundreds of airplanes being diverted to Los Rodeos that day, they quickly ran out of parking space for incoming airplanes, which forced both the KLM and the Pan Am 747s to be parked on the actual taxiways. Several hours after it began, the bomb threat at the Gran Canaria airport was lifted, and air traffic control at Los Rodeos received word that they could begin returning some of these airplanes back to Gran Canaria. Meanwhile, at the Los Rodeos airport, it had started to rain pretty heavily, and visibility was beginning to drop, but not enough to keep the planes grounded. So air traffic control began handing out startup clearances to the various planes that were parked on these taxiways. Soon after the KLM flight had received their startup clearance, things started to get a bit confusing in the cockpit. The captain suddenly began insisting that they refuel their airplane before taking off, whereas their first officer and flight engineer both disagreed and just wanted to get going. It was a very short flight from one island to the other, and they had plenty of fuel on board already, so they just wanted to end this nightmarishly long day and get their passengers home as quickly as possible. But in the end, of course, the captain makes the final decisions, and the plane was fueled before departure, much to the displeasure of the other two. While this was going on, the Pan Am crew was also getting ready for departure, and they were also anxious to get going. However, they suddenly realized that the KLM flight was now blocking their path to the runway. They tried to get them to move, but the plane was already being fueled, so they were pretty much stuck there, and this was going to take an estimated 35 minutes to complete. 
With no way of maneuvering around them due to the tight conditions at this small airport, the Pan Am flight had no choice but to basically wait behind the KLM flight. After the KLM plane was finally fueled, they received instructions from ground control that they were to backtrack down the runway to get into takeoff position, since they couldn't use the taxiways because they were still littered with smaller planes that had been parked there. For those unfamiliar, backtracking means that the plane would essentially have to use the actual runway as a taxiway. They would have to slowly travel down the length of the runway and then make a 180 degree turn at the end, and then they would be in the correct position to take off back down the runway. Meanwhile, the Pan Am crew were instructed to follow immediately behind the KLM plane down the runway, but to exit on taxiway C3 near the end. That would allow them to get most of the way down the runway, then to get off the runway to allow the KLM plane to take off. Then the Pan Am flight could continue to the end of the runway so that they themselves could take off next, thus relieving the airport of the two biggest planes which were causing the most congestion. Initially, the Pan Am crew had some difficulty finding the exact exit they were supposed to take. This was because the visibility had greatly decreased due to the thick fog which was rolling in, and the pilots could only see about 1,600 feet in front of them out the cockpit windows. The fog got so thick that the air traffic controllers couldn't even see the planes on the ground. They had to rely on feedback from the various pilots to know exactly where they were and what they were doing. Remember, this was a small airport back in the 1970s, which meant that they didn't have the facilities or technology that you'd find in a major international airport today. Unfortunately, Los Rodeos Airport did not have ground radar at the time, which could have helped them properly guide the planes in poor weather conditions like they were experiencing that evening in March of 1977. Switching back to the KLM flight, the crew had been successful in backtracking their heavy, fuel-laden plane down the runway and making that 180-degree turn, despite the poor visibility. So now they were in position and ready to go, and all they had to do was wait for air traffic control to give them clearance for takeoff. However, the captain of the plane, Captain Van Santen, impatiently began moving the throttles forward, until the first officer prompted him that they did not have takeoff clearance from air traffic control yet. The first officer also decided to remind air traffic control that they were standing by for takeoff by radioing and saying, we are now at takeoff. But before he could even get a reply, Captain Van Santen interrupted saying, we're going. Then air traffic control replied saying, okay, stand by for takeoff, I will call you. However, for reasons we'll soon discover, the KLM crew only heard the words, okay. Tragically, the captain probably misinterpreted this as a response to his statement, we're going. And once again, he pushed the engine throttles forward. The huge KLM 747 now began accelerating down the runway. The reason the crew of the KLM 747 had only heard the initial part of the communication was due to a three-second long shrill squealing sound on the radio, caused by a simultaneous call from the Pan Am crew stating that they were still taxiing on the runway. When more than one person is trying to broadcast on a radio channel at the same time, the result is this high-pitched squeal which obliterates or steps on everyone else's broadcast. Perhaps if the KLM crew had heard the Pan Am crew saying that they were still taxiing down the runway, they would have known not to take off yet and what I'm about to recount might have been avoided. The Pan Am crew were asked by air traffic control to report when they had exited onto taxiway C3 and were clear of the runway. Now the KLM crew had picked up this communication and the flight engineer expressed concern, but Captain Fansanton ignored it and continued the takeoff roll. This, unfortunately, was their last chance to avoid the impending disaster. 
the KLM 747 continued to accelerate down the runway while the Pan Am crew were still trying to find the exit as they'd been instructed to by air traffic control. Now the visibility was very poor, down to only about 300 feet at this point, which meant that neither of the two planes could see each other out the windows. But all of a sudden, the Pan Am crew saw the landing lights of the massive KLM 747 bearing down on them through the thick fog. The captain turned sharply towards the grass on his left and applied full power to the throttles in an attempt to get out of the way of the approaching KLM plane. But there was only so much he could do given the fact that the planes were only a few hundred feet away from each other at that point. At roughly the same time, the KLM crew spotted the Pan Am 747 on the runway just in front of them. But due to the speed at which they were traveling, there was also little that they could do. Captain Van Santen of the KLM crew yanked back on his control yoke and tried to prematurely lift the plane off the ground to avoid a head-on collision. Was he successful? Well, I probably wouldn't be making this video if he was. Despite the fact that the KLM's nose gear was able to just barely clear the top of the Pan Am's fuselage, the KLM's lower fuselage, main landing gear, and the engines on the left wing struck the upper right side of the Pan Am's fuselage, which ripped apart the center of the Pan Am jet almost directly above the wing section. The engines on the KLM's right wing crashed through the Pan Am 747's upper deck immediately behind the cockpit. Given the immense amount of damage taken, the KLM plane could only remain airborne for a few seconds before it crashed back down again just 500 feet past the collision point, and it slid another thousand feet before erupting into flames due to the massive amount of fuel that it had just been filled with. Both of the planes were completely destroyed in the accident. All of the 234 passengers and 14 crew members on the Dutch KLM plane died, while the Pan Am plane lost 9 of its crew and a total of 326 of the 380 passengers on board. Although 61 people survived the accident, including the cockpit crew of the Pan Am flight, in total 583 people died that day at Los Rodeos Airport, making this the single worst accident in aviation history. So who do we hold accountable for this tragedy? Some blame the terrorist group that led to the diversion of the aircraft. Some say that the fog, which made the planes invisible to each other, may be to blame. Others say the poor radio communications by the air traffic controllers and flight crews are to blame. And others think that the impatient and arrogant Captain Van Santen of the KLM crew should be held responsible. But what do you think? Who would you hold accountable for this terrible tragedy? Leave your comments below. This accident shocked the world as well as the aviation industry and led to changes that would greatly improve airline safety. It led to the adoption of standard phrasing for radio communications, standardization of cockpit procedures, and crew resource management. Now, of course, it's unfortunate that it took such a huge tragedy to affect these changes, but hopefully because of them, we'll never have to live through such a terrible event again. If you like this video and want to hear more stories of aviation incidents and accidents, please hit the like and subscribe buttons. Thanks so much for watching, and I'll see you on the next Air Scare Stories.